me y'all want, but listen, let me clear my throat. This is Real Talk with Ben Tompkins, presented by Four Roses. All right, what's good, y'all? Happy hump day. How's everybody doing? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by Four Roses Bourbon. Happy hump day. Uh, Happy election results day, maybe? I don't know. Are we going to get results before the day ends? I don't know. Um, Right now, CNN is saying that Biden has 224 electoral votes compared to Trump's 213. Fox News uh, surprisingly is saying Biden has 238 while Trump has 213. And then MSNBC reiterating what CNN is saying. Uh, 224 to 213. So I don't know when I. So last night I was watching with a couple of friends, and we were playing card games, and we were watching the coverage of the election. And we had a friend that was in the room, my man Evan Wesley, who's been on the podcast before, and he's going through Bavada and updating stuff. You know, giving us updates, feeding us stuff from Odd Shark and Bavada, uh, basically with live odds where the money is, because he's like Vegas is never wrong. The follow the money, right? All of these places are going to tell you, hey, it's a tight race. Hey, it's a close race. Of course they are because they want you to keep watching their coverage of the election, right? But if you just look at what Vegas is saying, then that paints a very um, more realistic picture, right? So the whole time we're watching the election coverage, we're playing card games. He's telling us, you know, before the night really kicks off, when Biden is in the lead, he's the favorite, but then... Things had swung so drastically throughout the night to where Trump was minus 700 at one point, like 775, like fucking crazy. And he's way in the lead. But then, and and I'm going to bed thinking, you know what? He did it again. He did it again. This is crazy. Uh, Wake up this morning and it has swung back into the favor of Biden. I don't know who's going to win. Uh, we're not going to spend too much more time talking about this, but just, you know, I I voted for the first time in any election ever in 2016. I was living in California at the time, and I just didn't do the absentee ballot thing, and I was as stunned as everybody else, especially living in the Bay Area at the time, where nobody took Donald Trump seriously. I mean, he was the punchline of every joke in San Jose, in San Francisco, in Oakland, like, oh yeah, you really think Donald Trump's going to win? What are we going to come to? (laughs) And they all hooked it up. And then he won, and it was stunning. Um, It was stunning to a lot of people. It caught everybody off guard. And basically that created a lot of distrust in the polls. It created this silent majority narrative. And here's where we are today. Uh... I, I I was pessimistic going into it, and I it, and and uh, the thing I said was, you know, it's like um, everybody that says, you know, there, there's a lot more people now that that say that they're going to vote for Donald Trump, and it's become, um, you know, a thing to wear the Make America Great Again hats and fly the flags and Trump train, choo choo, all that shit. Okay, cool. Like that's cool. If that's if you're one of those voters, fine. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but the thing that I've been thinking about, and the thing that I was thinking about when this happened in 2016, uh, especially because nobody was going to come out and and say, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump in 2016. Not a lot of people were, okay? And I said yesterday, you know, it's like porn. Everybody claims that they don't watch porn, right? Or apparently nobody watches porn if you ask them. But yet somehow porn is a billion dollar industry. It's it's crazy, right? Like who is watching this? Oh, wait, people are actually full of shit. 
Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, in 2016, no one was really saying, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump because it just seemed preposterous, right? But then a lot of people who, who didn't say it actually went out and said it with their vote and used that to voice their opinion. And so then we get Donald Trump. Now, going into this one, like I was saying, it, it is definitely more acceptable now to to endorse Donald Trump and say, I'm voting Trump, right? Um and I just kept on thinking, you know, again, there's probably a lot of people who are sitting on, you know, not vocalizing it or or just going to vote for Trump um, for continuity's sake, for party's sake, for whatever their reason. Um, for the law and order thing, I mean, that that certainly resonated with a lot of middle America, the law and order thing and anti-Black Lives Matter movement and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, and when I went to bed last night, that's really where my mind was at was Donald Trump's going to win four more years. And here's the thing. Like, I, I really, my life, I don't think, like, look, just like that, four years have come and went, okay? And as disastrous as it seemed at the time and as disastrous as it could potentially seem if Donald Trump wins re-election and we get four more years of Donald Trump, honestly, like, my life isn't going to change that much um, your liberal friends who say if Donald Trump gets reelected or in the first place, if Donald Trump gets elected, I'm moving out of the country. Guess what? They're probably still fucking here. Okay. And they're probably not going anywhere if he wins four more years. Yes, I do think it's a problem that we have this guy in office that says really divisive things and casts doubt and spreads doubt uh, on our most basic fundamental uh, principles of, of this democracy and, uh, and of this republic, right, is he goes on television last night and he's saying, well, we, we, we won, you know, he's basically proclaiming a victory and there's going to be a lot of his supporters, which let's be honest, a lot of them, come on, man, I, I, like, <laughs> I don't think they're the most educated people in the world. I'm sorry if that sounds insensitive, but you know, it just, it is what it is to me. Um, there it is. And I think a lot of people watch that and watch Fox News, a lot of his base, and think, well, hold on. He said he won. Well, now there must be, you know, fraud or there must be something going on. Like, I don't trust it. And and now you're creating this big distrust of, uh, you know, our, our American systems, you know. And if it helps you win an election here, okay, fine, you know, and then he's like, well, fuck it, I don't have to worry about this anymore, and he's going to move on to the next thing after, you know, either another four years or, or you know, after this week, or, or, or I guess January 1st, but then there's this, like, really big crack in the system where there's a lot of people going, I don't trust our our, our, our elect, uh, election system, right? And I think that's problematic. Um, I think it's problematic that you've got uh, him basically saying stop counting these votes when different states have different ways of counting their votes, you know? Like Pennsylvania and, and I think a couple other states. Pennsylvania, it could be like Friday or, or next week before we actually know and the way that they count their ballots, apparently you can have it postmarked as of yesterday, Tuesday election day, and they'll still be counted. And and then you've got Trump saying, stop the votes. Well, of course, if you're in the lead and the mail-in ballots uh, are, are believed to be left-leaning, right, meaning votes for Biden, why wouldn't you want to say stop the votes when you're in the lead, right? Why wouldn't 
leading up to this, in the weeks heading into the election, you wouldn't be casting doubt on the U.S. Postal Service, right? Saying that it's susceptible to theft, it's fraud, oh, we found all these ballots and like retweeting these conspiracy theories and all these little things are just like little cracks in the system Uh, and I keep coming back to that because that's the only thing that I can think of off the top of my head but it's like little grains of salt that pile up and then all of a sudden you've got a you know you know you got a pile of sand in your hands and you're going I don't trust any of it I, I don't know what to believe right that's what he wants he wants to create just mass chaos um, so in the end, you know, it, it comes down to maybe, I don't know, a, a way that he can like steal this thing out. I, like, and, uh, you know, it, it's like in 2000, right? They said, stop counting the votes. Like at some point they had to stop and there were these lawsuits and stuff. Like he's not going to go down without a fight. If he loses, if it appears that he's going to lose, and as of this morning, as of right now, it's it's a very tight race. It's a very tight race. So, I just spent you know seven or eight minutes on uh, election stuff, and that's pretty much it that you're going to get out of uh, of me. Um, I, I'll tell you this: I, I I voted for the first time, you know, 2012. Um, I was technically 18. Um, you know, had just turned 18 in like, I think 2011, uh, or, or 2010. So I, I don't know, uh, born in 92, you do the math, but I, I wasn't like, I was a freshman in college in 2012 when that election was taking place. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, or I guess I would have been, I would have been a senior in high school, uh, fall of 11 for the 12 elections. So I, I, I just really wasn't like going to stand in line, um, you know, to vote like as a senior in high school, I, I, I just didn't get it. Uh, 2016 living in California. Um, I, I just, I, I didn't vote. Um, didn't want to go through the hassle of changing stuff around and being in California, but from Kentucky. And I just said, fuck it. Um, and then in 2016, it, it, it didn't really give me a lot of confidence in the voting process anyways when the popular vote elected Hillary Clinton and yet Donald Trump wins. And it's kind of like, well, what's the point in me going and voicing my opinion when it really, you know, as 2016 showed us, might not even matter and, and make a difference, right? Like that, I feel disenfranchised as an American voter when the popular vote is one thing, but the electoral college votes, which is what is decides you know who wins the presidency, the road to 270, uh, is what really matters, right? So, um, the, the, you know, everybody wants to talk about voter turnout, voter turnout, vote, 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 like like your life depends on it, but really it seems like the results don't even depend on it a lot of times. But then my girlfriend was telling me, well, the electoral votes go based on the constituencies of who they represent. And if, you know, who they represent is telling them we we want this, then they're going to probably go with that. But, you know, I'm like, well, okay, well, did that happen in 2016? And and then you get into the weeds here and, and I don't, you know, I don't pretend to know a lot about politics or the election or how the shit works. All I know is that we have uh, one guy that seems like um he <laughs> he causes more trouble in the things that he says uh than than the other guy and so I voted the other guy I voted Joe Biden and uh and Harris and uh I I wouldn't you know I I've I I I, I go back and forth you know I I I, <laughs> I don't know I I wouldn't necessarily represent myself as a Democrat or a Republican I love to say that I am socially liberal and fiscally conservative, um, and so 
I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it really comes down to what are my options year by year. I'm never going to be a person that votes just based on party or towing the line or any of that shit. I just don't believe in that. Um, I, I think that abortion should be legal, and I don't like... Uh, having a Republican president who's going to likely nominate Republican uh, people into the Supreme Court, which might reverse decisions that, you know, turn back for conservative things, right, like abortion. Um, eventually, if we want gambling to be legalized, eventually, if we want marijuana and the de- decriminalization of other drugs to be legalized, things that I am uh, a fan of, then... You know, is it going to happen with a Republican in office that is typically going to side with more of the, you know, evangelical Christian morals based in religious philosophies? No, it's probably not going to happen. So that's why I vote left um, in this election and uh, typically lean left, at least socially. Um, and, and to be honest, I'm not making enough money to be like, oh, I, I vote for what's good for my bottom line. I vote for what's good for, you know, my I vote for less taxes. Like, I, you know, maybe one day when I'm 50 and have an established nest egg and that shit really affects me. But, you know, as a 28 year old doing this podcast and doing it, the Uber thing, you know, I'm not necessarily like, uh, you know, the, the, the tax decisions and, and those decisions aren't really going to affect me too much right now. You know what I mean? So... Um, there you go. It is what it is. So, um, but you know what? You might disagree with me, and that's fine. Uh, at least I've got the balls to raise my hand and 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 actually say you know what I did and what I believe and and uh, speak up about it. And um, you know, people might criticize that, but you know, whatever. Uh, all right. Here's what we got today. Um, so we're not going to do any Uber stories today. We are going to do the best of the best next Wednesday, all right? And then in two weeks from now, we'll do we'll pick back up with Uber Stories Part 14. Next week will be the best of the best. Today uh, is going to be a recap of, obviously, what we just did with the election, and then New Orleans. My girlfriend Maddie and I, we went down to New Orleans for Halloween. Um, we had planned these, so here's the deal, like we planned these trips couple months in advance, you know, three or four months out, uh, giving us something to look forward to, right? And that's really important, to have things that you're looking forward to doing and then having other things behind those things so you don't get to the thing that you're looking forward to and then totally crash on the other side of it once, like, the fun and excitement and anticipation has came and went and then you're back on a Tuesday in your workplace or working from home and you're like, man, I've got the post-travel blues, those suck, and I definitely know how those are. Um, so we try to do things and plan things out like, you know, three or four months in advance. Give us always kind of like we breadcrumb it, right? So in June, we did a trip out to Sedona and went and saw the Grand Canyon, stayed in Page, Arizona, went and saw the Horseshoe Bend. That was really beautiful. And then sometime in July or August, we started thinking about, hey, let's let's do another trip, you know? Let's do another trip together. And we started looking around at cities that we would want to go to, right? Okay, should we go like maybe somewhere in Texas? Should we go East Coast? Should we go up north? Like where somewhere that we can drive to and feel like, you know, we're kind of getting away. We thought about maybe going to Atlanta. Um, but I was like, hey, what about New Orleans? Like it's like a 10 and a half hour drive. 
awesome city, awesome food. We could go down there. Um, and if we go in October, you know, how sick would it be to go down there for Halloween? Like, what if we do that? And she loved that idea. And I, I did too, of course, because I came up with it. I mean, it's a great idea, right? So we decide, all right, great. New Orleans Halloween book it. So we go down there, all right? We went down to New Orleans for Halloween, and it was a blast. It was honestly such a great time. I mean, honestly, between the food and the costume and just being down there, uh, it, it, was, it was a really great trip. It was a really great trip. But the way that it started, I thought we were doomed. The way that it started, it, it, it got off to the rockiest start possible. And it wasn't her fault. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't anything that we did. We get to Thursday when we decide that we're going to drive down to New Orleans. I'm driving my car, you know, Hyundai Equus. It's a nice car. I'm like, let's ride in, in comfort. And also, I mean, I kind of drive professionally as a living. So, you know, I'm like, let me do what I do. Let me cook. Let Benny T cook, right? So we are somewhere in Alabama. We get up. We leave early in the morning. We're driving. We're maybe five hours into this trip. And all of a sudden... In a matter of about 10 minutes, this trip went from, hey, we can't wait to get down there. We're going to have such a great time to what the fuck are we doing? Did we just absolutely get uh, fucked? Are we going to get fucked when we go down here? Is this trip destined to be a disaster? Because as we're driving, I'm in the fast lane, and suddenly I start hearing little things like start to hit the car. There's a truck up in front of us that I guess had some, I don't know, gravel or rocks or whatever. And all of a sudden, I hear a big crack on the windshield. And I look up, and it looks like a bullet hole is in the windshield. Because a rock has kicked up and hit my car and put a little hole in the windshield. Not like all the way through, but cracked. Looks like a bullet hole, when, you know. And I'm, I'm going, holy shit. It's in front of the passenger side. So I'm looking at this thing and I am pissed off. Like, you know, because it's like it's like one of those things where there's nothing that I could have done. You know, I'm not gonna swerve to avoid it. I, I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have possibly known that it was coming. And if if it bounces off the road and falls off somebody else's truck, like there's just, you know, <laughs> that's just an L you're you gotta take. And I'm looking at this thing going, fuck, man. Like my nice-ass car now has a crack in the windshield. Like, it's got a big chip in it. Like, now now what the... Like, fuck. So I'm looking at this thing, and then I look down at my dashboard, and I notice that my battery light's on. And I mean, this is like within, like, you know, within a 10-minute span. Like, boom, boom. And I, I'm like, why would my battery light be on when we're driving? That's weird. Maddie, can you... Can, will you look up why a battery light would be on while you're driving? So she starts getting on Google and says, well, it, it uh, you know, could be a couple things, but what's likely going on is that your alternator has gone bad. And your alternator, for those of you who don't know, and, and don't be ashamed because I certainly, I'm not a big car guy. I don't know shit about cars. Um, I learned this on the fly. Your alternator is basically what charges and keeps your battery charged while you're driving around. If it goes out, then essentially your car is running only on your battery, which can only get you so far without a charge, right? And if your battery runs all the way down, which could take, you know, um, depending on how new your battery is, you know, you, you might end up 
crashing out, you know, installing out 30 minutes into running off of just battery alone. It could be hours. You just don't know. You just don't know. But we're on the middle of I-65 in Cullen, Alabama, and I'm going, fuck. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do now. Because we certainly can't make it all the way down to New Orleans just off my battery alone. Even though I had just bought a brand new battery back in March, okay, of 2020. Of this year, I bought a brand new battery. Guys came out. They put it in. So I'm like, okay, my battery is probably okay for a while to get us like where we need to go. If you need to get to a shop or something like that, probably good enough to get us there. But this thing could die out, and and I don't know shit about batteries, honestly. I mean, I think it's new. I think it'll be okay, but I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. And so I'm like, what do we do? Because if it it if it, it <laughs> if it is the alternator, then basically I'm gonna need a place. You know, like I'm thinking AutoZone or Ken Towery's. I'm going to need to find a place where I can, A, buy an alternator and they'll have the part for my kind of weird car that was discontinued in 2016 that they don't make anymore. I'm going to have to find the part and I'm also going to have to find somewhere they can get us in, you know, like today, like immediately because otherwise we're going to be stranded in Cullen, Alabama. And I don't know what the fuck to do in Cullen, Alabama. And we're going to have to book a hotel room. We're going to have to skip out on a night of a reservation down in New Orleans. Now, you know, we still have like seven or eight hours to go in this drive just to get to New Orleans. So now, you know, we were planning on getting there around like 10 p.m. on Thursday night. Well, now we're looking at if we have to get a hotel room and they can't do the work until, you know, whenever on on Friday the next day, then we might not be getting in there until like midnight on Friday night. And now, now like our our vacation is really getting fucked. Like it's really getting fucked. So I start looking around for uh, Hyundai dealerships along the route. And I start calling around to the first couple ones that are about all, they're all about an hour away. And I call the first one. They say, yeah, we got the part, but we can't do the work until tomorrow. Okay. Worst fear just realized. Um, I call the next one. We don't have the part. And we couldn't get you in if we if we did. So I'm like, fuck. So then <laughs> I call the third one. They have the part. They need to see if they can do the work. I'm like, oh my God, please. I'm looking at Maddie and we're, you know, driving on on just battery juice alone down I-65 going, I I pray to God, I pray to God uh, that we don't break down and this ba- this car doesn't die or else, you know, then I'm out of battery too. You know, it's not just the alternator that needs to be replaced. Then it's the brand new battery that I just bought in March is also going to need to be replaced. I'm like, God, please, 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 please. They come back and say, if you can get here before 2.30, we can get you in and we can get you back on the road because I explained to them the situation. So I say, okay, great. I can do that. I am on the way right now. Uh, we are running on battery power alone. Please, we 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 need to get you know. I, I'll get there as fast as I possibly can. I put it into ways. It says we're gonna get there at two twenty one p.m., just barely before two thirty. Okay, hammer down, baby. We drive there. We get there. They look at it. They say, yep, it's your alternator. It's gone bad. And you're lucky that you got here when you did because your battery's at about 30%. You wore it down driving here. I'm like, I had no other option. They're like, we know, we get it. But you're lucky because we're going to be able to recharge this battery. 
if you had gotten here, you know, and had to drive longer, um, we might have had to replace the battery too. So, uh, but here's the deal: just going to be the alternator. It'll it'll take us, you know, two or three hours to do. Um, you know, we've got some Chick Fil A chicken biscuits and some Jimmy Johns up there in the lobby. Like, go make yourselves comfortable. We're going to get to work. So we're like, oh my God, this is perfect. This is great. Okay, thank you so much. So we go, we hang out, we play some card games in the lobby. About two and a half, three hours later, they come back. They say, all right, that'll be 1100 bucks." And it's like, oh, fuck, that sucks. That sucks. That sucks. That's a lot. That's a lot of money um, to replace this. And then also, I got this chip in my windshield. You know, that sucks. But luckily... They were able to do the work, get us back on the road. We didn't have to stay in Alabama um, in basically the middle of nowhere. We didn't have to get another hotel room. We were still going to make it to New Orleans by, you know, whatever time. We ended up making it to New Orleans after that around like probably midnight, like 1230 with the time difference and everything. Um, And I was able to call State Farm, my insurance, and... They basically said, look, if a, if a rock or an object like that comes up and hits your car, that's not your fault. And we will either try to replace your windshield or fix your windshield. So we'll fix up to like three chips under, you know, certain circumference and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. So I make that appointment. They're going to come and they're going to fix the chip. I got a new alternator, but it was just like, in the span of 10 minutes, um, both these things happen, boom, boom, right back to be back. And I'm like, looking at Maddie, like, are we, like, is this doomed? Did we just, like, <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, why me? Like, why does this shit, why is this shit happening right now? Like, this is supposed to be a really good trip, really positive experience. And then, you know, I get a chip windshield and my fucking car's about to die. That's great. Um, but you know what? It, it, it ended up working out. It ended up working out. I got my windshield chip, you know, chip uh, fixed, filled in. They did the work, and I was really fortunate, honestly, that this happened when you know I'm not driving around riders. Because honestly, if I had a rider in the car and my battery light goes on, like I don't, I I might have ignored it. Like I might have just been like, oh, whatever, that's weird, but I'll just worry about it later today and kept on driving. And then imagine your car breaks down in the middle of an Uber trip. That would suck. So luckily it was me and her. I'm off the clock. I'm on, you know, doing, you know, I'm driving, but it's for leisure and um, I could get it fixed before I needed to be back in Louisville and driving and, and making money and getting content. You know what I mean? So I guess it was a blessing in disguise in that sense. Um, but man, it made for a rough start to the trip, <laughs> to say the least, okay? But finally, you know, we get down to New Orleans, uh, we got to go through Tuscaloosa, and I got to see Bryant-Denny Stadium, which is where Alabama plays uh, football, you know what I mean? And so I had never seen that in person, massive stadium. It was really uh, a marvel to, to, to look at. And then there was a Nick Saban statue out front that I took a picture with, and uh, that was cool. You know, I, I, I like getting to see different stadiums like that. So we went through there, get down to New Orleans. Uh, Friday morning, we went to the Audubon Aquarium that they have down in New Orleans, and that was uh, really cool. Saw some jellyfish, some sea otters, 
um, just a kind of cool way to spend the morning walking around. And and Maddie loves animals. She loves animals. I do too. Um, but she's way more of an animal person than me. Can tell you so much about animals. I mean, it's really impressive. Her dog knowledge, <laughs> her dog knowledge is second to none. Like if there was a category of dogs, um, breeds, or anything about dogs on Jeopardy, she would rock every single question, no question about it. So we go to the aquarium, spend the morning looking at animals and kind of taking some pictures. But then we start really, like now it's is, is time for our first meal in New Orleans, which was like played into a huge reason of why we wanted to go to New Orleans in the first place. Obviously, because New Orleans is big into voodoo, you know, usually they're doing voodoo fest on Halloween in New Orleans. Um, you can go on these spooky ghost tours, like the city really, really does Halloween well. And, and then certainly like Bourbon Street, it is what it is, you know, it's a big party scene. So like, yeah, why wouldn't we want to go down there and be there, right? Yeah, COVID, but I'll get to that in a minute. So the food is a big part of this. Uh, we go to lunch, we get some alligator po'boys with some alligator bites for lunch. A lot of gator. Uh, alligator, the chicken of the sea. That's what they were saying. Uh, so that was really good, you know, blackened alligator, fire. Um, we we kind of chilled after that and watched uh, basically, you know, the AMC Fear Fest. They're running Halloween uh, basically all day long um, throughout the whole weekend. So that's kind of in the backdrop no matter what we're doing. You know, we had AMC on. Uh, go to dinner. It was like a first kind of like really, you know, get dressed up and go out as a couple date night that we had had in a while. I mean, I yeah, we spent a lot of time together. You know what I mean? And like, um, <laughs> and my advice to couples is, you know, eventually like when you're in a relationship, you kind of get comfy enough to where you're just spending time together and, and you don't feel like you really have to impress each other, you know, because you're like, well, you know, they already bought, they, they already bought me, you know what I mean? Like they, they're getting what they get, but it's important to keep that uh, juice in your relationship to have nights where you get dressed up and you go out and, and you fall in love with each other all over again. And I know that sounds really sappy and, and emotional, right? Um, and who knew that Benny T himself could be like that? But yeah, I, I really, you know what I mean? I, I, I have these this very savage side of me, but I also have this very deep, complex, emotional side of me. And I really am a great boyfriend and, and a great, um, you know, I try to be the best boyfriend that I can be. I try to be um, like ever evolving in a relationship and being a good partner and, and like, you know, always taking the time to hear her out and talk things out and do little things to keep that spice. You know what I mean? Like whether it's a little gift or just a surprise trip, dropping off a coffee when she's working or getting dressed up to do a date night. So we agreed because we had a great date night that, hey, you know what? We should do this more often. We should, once we get back to Louisville, let's do this like at least twice a month where we both dress up, we go to a nice dinner, and we sit across from each other and stare into each other's eyes and get goo goo gaga, and and it, it's just like, that. that's important, that's important to do. So we had one of those nights, it was great, got a picture, looking fire, the both of us, she had bought this new dress for it, she loves the color green, she was hyped about it, so that was a great experience. And then it's time on Friday night to finally hit Bourbon Street. We had walked around a little bit on Bourbon and Canal, and it was dead. It was dead during 
Friday afternoon, A, because there was a hurricane that had just come through, which we didn't even really think about heading down there. Like, hey, is shit going to, like, are there places that are going to have power? Like, is it going to be cool to go down there? Like, what's the trajectory of this storm? Like, are we going to get hit with a hurricane? Like, should we even go? You know what I mean? Like, all those questions swirling. We get down there. Bourbon Street all had power. The French Quarter, all they, everybody had power. So, so that was good. Um, out about ten minutes out of the city, though, they didn't have power. So, everywhere that we had to eat and everything that we had to do needed to be right in the French Quarter. Which, honestly, if you're staying in the French Quarter, that's not a problem at all. So, um, we didn't experience any troubles with that. But finally, Friday night, it gets to be. All right, now it's time to go out. We both have costumes. Let's hit it. Now, I'm 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 going to flex right here. I, I honestly like this is going to be, you know, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it and act like this isn't a flex. I dropped like 180 bucks on a movie grade Sully costume from Monster Zinc. It's a onesie. It zips up the front and it is so comfortable. I mean, this thing is like a rug that you would put in a nice condo. You know what I mean? The only difference is it's blue with purple spots and it's got a head and a tail on it. Okay. So I it has always been my dream to buy one of these suits and go to a festival, a music festival they have out in Lake Tahoe called Snow Globe. And eventually it's gonna happen. Eventually it'll happen. The first step was me actually buying the suit. You know what I mean? So now I buy the suit. That's why I was willing to spend a little bit more and splurge on it and and flex a little bit because I wanted to have this thing for, you know, when it's snow on the ground, because Snow Globe is a festival that they do, I believe, uh, you know, around New Year's. So it's cold out there. I'm like, this will keep me warm. Cool. The weather down in New Orleans on Friday night was hovering around 58, 61 degrees by the time the sun was down and it was like 8 p.m. And it was fucking perfect. She went as Boo and had a oversized pink t-shirt. She did her hair up, super cute, in these little pigtails at the top. Spent a lot of time on it. It looked fucking fire. And uh, we went out and, dude, Friday night was definitely the best night. Because Friday wasn't... Friday was a bunch of people, some of which were dressed up, but a lot of which were also walking around just, you know in a good mood, drinking, smoking, and uh, appreciating other people's costumes. You know what I mean? Saturday night was more of the crowd that's like, keep to themselves, we're here to get fucked up, um, we're here to just drink as much as possible, and it wasn't really like mingling. You know what I mean? Friday night, Friday night was the best night because we just got so much love from so many people. The first moment that I knew that this was a good decision, first like, I'm, I'm talking about like maybe first 25 yards that I'm walking on Bourbon Street. I see this dude, he's got a black and mild, he's smoking and he's got like four or five girls that are behind him and he looks at me and he looks at Maddie and he, he's hitting the black, and he winks at me and gives me the nod, like, I see you, G. I see you, partner. And that's when I knew this was a great decision. And I threw him the head nod back and smiled, and he was like, yeah, man, I see you over there. So we then just go straight down Bourbon Street. You know, we're doing a couple up-downs, and 
man, between girls coming up to Maddie and saying, oh my God, your hair looks so great, and guys coming up to me and dapping me up, I had a couple dudes that wanted to give me hugs because the, the, the fucking suit was so comfy looking, and they were, I was getting hugs, I was getting dapped, people were stopping us, people are giving Maddie love, like... It was a great fucking night. Um, and besides, honestly, besides me, I think the other best costume that I saw on Bourbon Street was a dude went all out in a Will Ferrell suit. I'm talking the green thing with the black buckle, with the yellow leggings, with the hat, with the fucking shoes. I got a picture with him. Um, he's kind of standing awkwardly. It, it, it's a good it's a good picture. Um, Maddie and I got a picture on Bourbon Street, obviously, and that was just a great night. And and honestly, you know, I talk about this sometimes, like your vibe attracts your tribe. The fact that um, Maddie and I can go down to New Orleans and we don't know anybody, but we just made like, you know, 50 new friends on a Friday night on Bourbon Street where there are you know, other people from all over, you know, New Orleans and, and wherever they've come from, other people are dressed up and yet we're the ones that are chopping it up with everybody. Like that's a universal thing. You know what I mean? Like real recognize real. And it was certainly in application Friday night. So Friday night, best night ever, <laughs> honestly. Um, everything closed down around 11 o'clock on Bourbon Street because of, you know, because of COVID, honestly, because of COVID. And I will say this, Bourbon Street, there were some people wearing masks. There were, so, there were some people that were not wearing masks. And uh, the way that I see it is this. I get that it's, it's good to wear your mask and it's good to be socially distanced and it's good to wash your hands and it's good to do all of these things, right? Limit your exposure. And for, you know, seven, eight, nine months, I have been Mr. Social Distance. I have been Mr. Wear Your Mask. I wear a mask every time I'm in the car with an Uber rider. Um, I wear my mask everywhere that I go. Uh, when we would go into the the um, the museums that we went to in New Orleans, when we would go and sit at our table, when we were going to be seated, when we go to eat, um, getting up to go to the bathroom, um, I wore my mask. I wore my mask just like I would. Uh, on Bourbon Street, I did not wear my mask. I ran the risk. And it is a risk that you run when you play the game, but it was a risk that I was willing to accept for myself and said, if I get it, I get it. I'll quarantine. Um, we'll get tested before we leave, which we did. We both tested negative, so we were very smart and, and calculated in this. But on Bourbon Street, uh, no, I didn't wear my mask. I didn't wear it, and uh, I didn't want it to interfere with my costume and there were a lot of other people not wearing masks, so judge that how you're going to judge that. I don't fucking care. Uh, it was a great time, and uh, yeah, that 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 was me. That was me. So, and here's the other thing. Like honestly, Friday night, yes, we went in places to order drinks, and when so like when we're walking on Bourbon Street outside, yeah, I wasn't wearing my mask. We weren't wearing wearing masks, right? When we go in to order drinks, which then you can take to go and go right back outside, then I would put my mask on, we would go in, we would order drinks, we would come back out, and then I'm drinking, dude, like I'm drinking my drink, so I don't want to pull my mask down every time, and so that, like, that, that was what it was, you know what I mean, and um, because of COVID, though, the bars closed at 11, 
And it honestly wasn't even that big of a deal to not be inside of these places, you know what I mean, where they were playing music. But that was the greatest thing was that outside on Bourbon Street, there were so many different bars, you know, throughout the distance of Bourbon Street that were playing music outside that you could hear that basically was just a big street party. You know what I mean? Like we didn't have to really go in anywhere unless we actually wanted, we needed to buy a drink. Standing on the street, dancing to No Hands by Roscoe Dash with a big group of people, a big circle, uh, that was fun as fuck, dude. That was awesome. That was so fun. And then there was another spot on Bourbon Street where uh, they had a couple people like drumming on the uh, the buckets, you know what I mean? Doing like street percussion. And uh, me and like this big group of girls started this A chant and got it like really big and that was really cool. So... I, I like we just we just really had a great time. Um, things close at eleven, so by eleven thirty, we're kind of like, all right, let's go ahead and go back to the hotel room. We go back, uh, end up, you know what I mean? Like around around one thirty a.m., I'm like, okay, now I'm hungry. You know what I mean? Like we we've we've just uh, you know now I'm kind of hungry. So um, I'm looking to see what's open this late. And I go to this place that says that they're open. And of course, they didn't pick up their phone at 1.30 in the morning. You know what I mean? But I go to this place. It's like, you know, 0.4 miles away from the hotel. We walked everywhere. It was great. Um, I go in. They're closed. And they had just closed. And I'm like, is there anywhere else that's open? And they said, yeah, Brothers. And I'm like, what's Brothers? And they said, it's a chicken joint that's inside this convenience store. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to go. So I then walk over to this convenience store where they're letting five people in at a time. This place was fat. It was so fat because it's one of the only places that's open, but also it's chicken in New Orleans. I mean, that's not a hard sell. Let me be honest, okay? I'm the only white guy that's standing in line and and is standing in here, all right? And, I, you know, I fucking love that. You know what I mean? Like, and And it's just like I'm universally accepted because... I mean, I put out good vibes and and I'm just, you know, I'm a good, I'm a good dude. Like, so, and I'm cool. I'm down. So, <laughs> and you might think that's conceited to say, but it's true. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. So, uh, I get in there, stand in this line and it is absolutely, you know, it, it's, it's a chicken line in New Orleans at 2 a.m. You know what I mean? It was, it was lit. It was live. So I get in there, I get my shit ordered. I get back to the hotel room eat, watch the big short for probably like the 50th time in a row. (laughs) And then I pass out. And then I pass out. Uh, Saturday, we wake up, we go to get some omelets. Um, We went, actually, we we went to go get donuts uh, in a place that was about eight, 10 minutes outside of the French Quarter. And this is how we realize, like, oh yeah, the hurricane, right? Places are without power. Because we drive out there to go to this place to get some donuts, like the best looking donuts you've ever seen in your life. And unfortunately, they were closed. So then Maddie's like, oh, well, there's a Chick-fil-A. I'm like, okay, cool. Drive over there. That's also closed. So we're like, okay, shit. So we're actually going to really need to stay in the French Quarter um, for anything that we do, which honestly was cool. We kept the car parked in the garage all weekend long. Um, it ended up working out. So, uh, yeah, get some breakfast on Saturday morning. Um, we go to the World War II Museum, which apparently is like one of the top like museums in the world, I was told. Um, 
one of the definitely one of the best World War II museums in the world. Um, and uh, I don't know why it's in New Orleans. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you wonder, like, why does this place have the best blank museum in the world? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Don't have the answer to that. But I do have an answer to was it cool? Fuck yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. You got a dog tag and got to follow along like this this like uh, character storyline. So they made it interactive. It was a lot of reading, but it it was a uh, it was a really cool walk through history. Um, so then after that, we, we go to, uh, another nice dinner, got some redfish. Um, and I'm just trying to try like all of the different, uh, you know, cuisines down here. Um, and dinner was at a place called Creole house. That was really good. The lunch that we ate, this was honestly one of my favorite moments of the trip. We went to, uh oh god I I cannot remember um the place oh we went to Felix's it was called Felix's and uh we go in we sit down I get jambalaya and turtle soup it was amazing oh my god you I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have ever thought turtle soup was that good but it's it was like better than chili you know what I mean uh and this was the first jambalaya that I'm eating so that was really good and there was just a really cool moment that um they were playing soul music on the radio, you know, like or 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 throughout the speakers in this uh, in Felix's, and one of the cooks had been, you know, they they do this like kind of not I guess open concept cook, you know, kind of thing where people are making food and you can see them, and uh, we were pretty close to kind of like the line, and one of the cooks is singing a lot of these um, you know old soul songs, which I I love, you know what I mean. And Oh Girl by the Shy Lights comes on, and he's he starts singing it, and I'm singing it to Maddie, and he realizes that I'm singing it, and we go line for line on a couple of them. Oh, girl. You know what I mean? And it was just like, he was like, he said something like, he goes, hey, you got it? Hey, that's it, brother? And and I, I said back like, hey, when the karaoke bar opened up, you know what I mean? And we were both laughing, and the people who were sitting around us are kind of like looking over at, at, at the two of us, and that was a really cool moment. I love soul music, and, and it was just like, Sitting there across the table from Maddie, uh, this 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 girl that I I love that I've never loved anyone else like this before, and Oh Girl by the Shy Lights. It's like a it's a great song. It's a beautiful song, but it's almost like a sad song, especially if you've ever watched The Sopranos. And there's that episode where Tony is messing with uh, like the the alderman or or like the councilman or the mayor or whatever he was. And the mayor is now with the Russian girl that Tony was seeing for a while, right? And he goes back and then they're doing this thing with HUD and, and like the uh, housing developments. And this dude is like, it all ties into this basically scheme where they're ripping off these um, buildings that have been rezoned for, you know, HUD. And, and it, it's, it's this whole big thing. But in the end, there's a sad scene where Tony is like listening to the, Oh girl by the shy lights and I don't know it's just a, it's just a it's a beautiful song it's kind of a sad song um but it's 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 really uh it was really a cool moment sitting there at 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 lunch um and and just kind of soaking it all in you know just listening to the music looking around where are we you know looking across the table I love you it, it, that that was cool that was really cool um Saturday we 
end up, that was lunch. We, we went to the Creole house for dinner. I got the black and red fish, like I said. Uh, we went back out on Bourbon Street, okay? And we just wore the same costumes. I, I did the Sully thing. She did Boo. Um, but it was a much different crowd Saturday night. Everybody was just there as like, it was way more degenerate. Friday night, it was cool. Everybody having a good time. Um, Want to see some costumes and stuff like that. Uh, Friday night, we really didn't get approached um, at all. Um, the only time that I got approached actually was I got uh, assaulted in a bar. I, I, I'm not even like, uh, I'll tell you that story in a second, okay? But basically, we were on a mission to get the hand grenades and a fishbowl. We had seen people drinking these throughout, and we were like, okay, we, we can't, we got to do the touristy thing. Let's go find hand grenades and let's go get uh, a fishbowl, okay? Again, stayed out until the bars closed. Um, it was a, it was a very different crowd. Uh, we we ended up getting an extra hour because of the time difference. Uh, you know, the clocks moving however they moved. Um, so that was kind of cool. But then we are inside a bar going to order a drink, and I'm standing at the bar. Maddie's standing at the bar, and the bartender. You know, we were standing there for maybe like we were probably like the third you know, people that the bartender was like taking orders for and getting to. And we're literally like next, you know what I mean? Like the bartender and I, we've made eye contact. She's, she's like, you know, I'm coming to you guys next. We're like, cool. Maddie and I are standing there. We're talking, we're just kind of waiting. And then all of a sudden I get like shoulder checked from behind and I turn around like, Hey, take it easy. You know what I mean? Like to see what's going on. You know, because I don't know if somebody just like, you know, shoved their friend or whatever, but I I get I get like bumped, like hard. You know what I mean? Like hard. And I turn around and it's just this fucking boomer with a hat on, like a, you know, front pocket t-shirt, probably in his 40s or 50s. And he's standing at the bar. Guy probably weighs like 260 pounds. And he's standing at the bar just like staring dead ahead, looking pissed off. And I'm like, take it easy. You know what I mean? Like, hey, let's let's chill out over here. So he just kind of looks at me and scowls at me. Doesn't say anything. So I ignore it, right? Go back to Maddie. We're still waiting on the bartender to come over and she's cashing somebody else out. And then all of a sudden, this dude fucking takes his forearm and, you know, puts it like, like gives me gives me a forearm shiver in my back like pushes me. He pushed me for no reason. I have my back fucking turned to this guy. And now for the second time, he's just put his hands on me. And I take a step back from the bar and I I am in this guy's face and say, listen, I don't fucking know you, but if you want to have a problem, you just found one because you put your hand on me twice now. And I don't fucking know you like that, dude. Don't fucking touch me. Don't touch me. Don't fuck with me. Okay. And I'm like, when, when, you know, my adrenaline gets going, I start shaking. Like I was ready to uppercut this dude in the fucking jaw and leave him drowning in a pool of his own blood. Like I was that mad and I, I got to easily drop this guy. But I say, I, I use my words and I don't do that. And he starts saying like, he's got this dumbfounded look on his face. Like, are you really going to talk shit to me? And I'm like, are you really going to fucking hit me twice? Like, what the fuck? Like, those are two very clear signs of aggression, acts of aggression. And I have done absolutely, my back is turned to this guy the whole time and he's fucking hitting me. So I'm like, dude, if you don't fucking stop, like we're going to, we're fighting. Like, don't fucking touch me, dude. And he starts saying like, oh, you want a problem? You found it or what? And I just walked away. Like, I just walked away. I 
move down to the other end of the bar, and as soon as I get down to the bar, I tell the bartender, I said, hey, I, I, I don't know, I, listen, I don't know what this guy's deal is, but he's too drunk, he's putting his hands on me, he's getting physical, and I'm either going to kick this guy's ass or you're going to kick this guy out of the bar. Don't serve him. And she goes down, and I look down to the end of the bar, and now Maddie, my girlfriend, is in this guy's face, and she's gesticulating with her hands, telling this dude what's up. And I'm like, fuck, like, what if, like, now I'm at the end of the bar, Maddie didn't follow, I thought she was probably right behind me, but she's in this guy's face when I look down the bar, and she's telling this guy, what's your fucking problem, like, and of course, I can't hear her saying that, I just see her back turned to me, and she's going off on dude, and I'm like, fuck yeah, that's my boo, that's my boo, that's my boo, right, and I'm thinking also, like, fuck, what if this guy, like, is, is a total piece of shit, and just like pushes Maddie or hits Maddie, then I'm really gonna lose it. Then this this dude's losing all his teeth, <laughs> like, he, and and maybe his life. You know what I mean? Uh, Maddie comes down. She nothing happens. She comes down to me, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what the fuck was that? Like, she's like, "Oh, honey, I told him what's up," and I'm like, "I fucking love you, babe." She's like, "I love you too. I'm proud of you for walking down here." The bartender kicks that guy out. Fuck that boomer. Stupid piece of shit. Listen, here's the thing. Like, they say that ignorance reveals itself, and sometimes um, aggressive egomaniacs reveal themselves too in ways that manifest themselves physically. You know what I mean? Like, um, when you're in a group of people, or, or, or when you're in a group of guys, and a guy starts like having to proclaim and put on display how masculine he is and the things that he chooses to talk about, the loudest guy in the room, the loudest laugh, all that kinds of shit, that's insecurity. That is that is very emotionally crippling insecurity projecting as masculinity, but it's 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 a sham. It's bullshit. And people that go up to other people and just start like hitting them like that 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 guy's looking for a fight. Honestly, I think this guy looked at me in the suit and thought, I can punk this guy. People look at me and think that I'm very sweet, I'm very cute, I've got this baby face, I'm innocent. They don't know that my hands are trained, bro. They don't know what the fuck I'm dealing with. They don't know that I'm a child of abuse and I fucking love the pain. I'm a sicko for that shit. So you're either going to outlast me and when we step into the ring, you either got to kill me or be prepared to die yourself. Like that's the only way that you're going to beat me is if you kill me because I'm going to keep getting back up and I'm going to keep getting back up until you don't, okay? I, I promise you, try me. Fucking try me at your own risk. They kick this guy out and it blows over, and I, I was just, I was kind of dumbfounded, like, I, I was like, why would that guy, that's the only thing I can think of, is that he looked at me, and thought, I can punk this guy, I'm gonna start getting aggressive, because I want to drink, and I'm waiting, and uh, it, it, it almost ended very poorly for the guy, it really did, um, but, you know, I was smart, because that, that's, that's, the, that's the thing, like, I don't want, if I can avoid getting into a fight and I can avoid unleashing all of the rage that I have pent up from years of, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm going to do that because I don't want it to escalate that, you know, because crazy things can happen when you get in a fight. I was listening to a podcast uh, called The Rewatchables, uh, The Ringer Network, Bill Simmons does it. They go back and rewatch old movies, have categories, really fun. It's what I modeled The Replayables podcasts after. Um, 
they were talking and they just recently did Rocky Four and said Sylvester Stallone actually boxed Drago in the scenes that they box in Rocky Four. And in that movie, they had to stop production and shooting for three weeks because Rocky had to go to the hospital, Sylvester Stallone did in real life, because Drago punched him in the chest and enlarged his heart. His heart swelled up. And he had to stop production for three weeks because it was a very serious thing. you know. And when you get into a fight, I mean, you can punch somebody in the face or, or in the head one time and boom, brain swells up, aneurysm, like you just don't know what, what can happen. And if I can avoid that, I'm going to. Um, but you know, if someone's, if someone's like picking, I, I'll snap, like I will snap. And I almost snapped on this dude, but cooler heads prevailed. I know that that is very true. Cooler heads prevailed. The lady kicked him out, and and honestly, that was better than than me doing that, and you know potentially having to deal with the fallout of, you know potentially me being hurt or cops coming and having to, you know what I mean? Like it's just like, even though it would have been justified, even though it would have been self defense, uh, yeah, we didn't go down that route, and I was glad to do that. Um, by Sunday, we were pretty tired. I mean, we were both pretty tired, you know, kind of been going nonstop through museums and staying out until, you know, at least staying out until 1130, but staying up until midnight, 1am both nights. Uh, Sunday morning, we get up, go get breakfast, went to a place called Barcadia for the 1pm Sunday games. Uh, basically, Outdoor bar, outdoor seating. They had like uh, it was like they had a beer garden set up. They had um, TVs. You know, we got there, ordered some food, played card games outside. They had the big Connect Four things. Like it was a really a cool place. Uh, but our our server, she sucked. She was the fucking worst. Uh, and she's like the only really complaint that I have about the trip was you could tell that she had been out until, you know, God knows when the night before and she was just not into it. She couldn't be bothered for shit. She would disappear for, you know, uh, you know, like handfuls of minutes at a time, nowhere to be found. And by the time we were ready to order food, it was like, Hey, where's, where is this chick? You know, is she like asleep in the back? You know what I mean? But, uh, whatever her vibe was off, didn't let it spoil our fun. Uh, came back, napped in bed for a couple hours because we were just gassed. Um, went to our last dinner in New Orleans, a place called Cottery. Uh, got the blackened alligator again, firecracker shrimp, char-grilled oysters, which were, holy shit, they were good. And then uh, a touffet. I, I think I'm saying that right, I don't know. Um, but really had like our one last final taste of New Orleans. Um, that That was cool. And then uh, we got up in the morning on Monday. We were set to leave. We went to go get rapid testing. We, I, I, you know, paid one hundred and forty-five dollars out of pocket for it, and came back negative. Which, you know, much to my relief, was a little worried being out on Bourbon Street, where where there were, you know, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of people without masks, and I wasn't wearing a mask on Bourbon Street, but everywhere else I wore a mask. I was safe. Uh, anytime we stopped along the way, gas stations, whatever, I was wearing a mask. But you never know. Um, but we wanted to know. You know, we wanted to know. So we went, got tested. We were both negative. Um, we went through Baton Rouge on the way back because Maddie has introduced me to a place called Torchy's Tacos, which is fucking fire. 
and uh, Indiana, Jeffersonville is getting one. Kentucky doesn't want to be great. Honestly, like, fuck Kentucky, okay? We have we just reelected re Mitch McConnell for, like, the 34th year in a row or whatever, and then we let Indiana do the legalized sports gambling, and then they're getting a Torchies. It, that, unforgivable. That is unforgivable. Uh, Jeffersonville will have that, like, 2021... Um, but we went, she wanted Torchy so bad. The queso was so good. We literally drove through Baton Rouge just to go to Torchy's and it's right on LSU's campus. So we got to see Tiger Stadium. We got to see Mike the Tiger. We got to go to the bookstore. I got an Odell Beckham jersey, you know, LSU number three jersey, got a magnet and a koozie, got my brother a sticker. Uh, and that was really cool. Had Torchy's for lunch. Um, and then we hammered down and we drove back on, on Monday night. Uh, it was great. Listen to some podcasts, um, Monday night football. I was in a back and forth where there was like four or five lead changes because I had Ryan suck up and my friend Max had Sterling Shepard and he was up three points before the game. We went back and forth, couple of lead changes. Every single time I was praying for Ryan or for Tampa Bay's offense to stall out so that I could get a Ryan suck up field goal. And it literally happened four times. I was stupid lit thinking I'm going to win. I'm going to win. And I was going to barely hang on by like a point or two. At the end of this game, and under the two-minute warning on their last drive, uh, Daniel Jones found Sterling Shepard for a 20-yard reception and for a 10-yard reception, and Max ended up winning, beating me by a couple points, point-per-reception league, and I was just, I was like, man, but it made for a really entertaining, like, killed three or four hours of the drive so I wasn't mad about that we got some Chick-fil-a for dinner we got back Monday night around 2 a.m and that was our Halloween that was our Halloween so played a lot of card games watched a lot of Michael Myers on the television as the backdrop went out partied wore a mask except on Bourbon Street walking around drinking okay and got tested negative I feel pretty good about that so, yeah, that was New Orleans on Halloween, and it was a really good time. I got tested, uh, cooler heads prevailed, ate some awesome food, can't wait to go back, honestly, and honestly, like, next year, uh, do that again, and hopefully by then, Voodoo Fest will be going on, we can go to the music festival um, and, and dress up again, that was really a good time. So, that was Halloween in New Orleans, uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. We will be doing the best of the best next week. Here's why. I wanted to have a couple of weeks to where I could drive around and get some more content. Um, so this bought me some time. This one, next week, best of the best. On uh, two weeks from now, we'll do Uber Stories Part 15. And we're going to keep this thing rolling. So hope you guys had a good Halloween. Hope you drank some Four Roses bourbon. And if you didn't, it's never too late to start, my friends. Be mellow, be responsible, wear a mask. There you go. And uh, I'll talk to you next week for Best of the Best. I am Ben Tompkins. That is Real Talk.